If I can take one or two things from six different seminars in a year, I come back with 12 new things over the course of a year. If I do that every year, I'm better and better. It's easy to bash. It's easy to say that's hokey, that's corny, that's not going to work. Uh, I, I would uh, draw the line at anything dangerous. But other than that, you just look at it and go, what good can I get out of it? You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. We are an intuition-led, wellness-focused lifestyle podcast that promises to deliver authentic conversations, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in optimism, growth, and intention. The Almost 30 Nation community is a group of purposeful dreamers who are smart, passionate, and always seeking the full potential in every aspect of their lives. At Almost 30, we're making magic together. We dream it, and then we do it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. What's up, everyone? Happy Friday. Thanks for joining us. We are the Almost 30 Podcast. I'm Lindsay Simsek, and I'm here with my co-host, Krista Williams. And we're so excited to bring you these bonus episodes. We were live from the Propel Collabs Fitness Festival in LA this summer, the fourth year of one of the biggest fitness festivals out there. One of our favorites. We just love hanging with like-minded friends, just growing, inspiring, and celebrating fitness and wellness together. Yeah, I think we love this event so much because we have such a similar mission. And that really is to learn, grow, inspire, and celebrate fitness and wellness together. Mm -hmm. So it is our third year working with Propelco Labs. And we were lucky enough to interview leaders in the fitness and all of our mind, body, health, and wellness space, and are excited to bring you this series powered by Propel. Today, we're talking to Gunnar Peterson and Luke Milton. Gunnar Peterson is a Beverly Hills-based personal trainer, but he is known around the world for his work with celebrities, professional athletes, and everyday people really to exercise his expertise in functional training. And he's committed to developing and implementing innovative fitness techniques and modalities. He's just the expert in the space. Yeah. And he was also joined by Luke Milton coming from Australia <laughs> who founded Training Mate, which you may have seen on Revenge Body. Luke was a former pro athlete in rugby in Australia and has taken his teaching, coaching methodology and the camaraderie of sport to the United States with Training Mate. So this conversation is super fun and energizing. And this week's conversation is brought to you by Propel. We're really excited to sit down with Luke and Gunnar to have a real conversation about fitness, about this fitness world that is ever evolving and how we can just feel better in our bodies. And yeah, let's introduce Luke and Gunnar. Yes. This is awesome. We didn't expect to have you both and I am this is a treat Honestly, beyond treats. <laughs> After doing that workout with Luke, I'm not doing anything fitness related without him. <laughs> and I'm gonna stretch you with this guy. It's like a elastic band. Oh man! So, to uh, just for lack of a better term, and I'm gonna use your term, legends in the fitness industry. You know, you've seen it all, and I, I feel like you've seen so many quote unquote trends come in and out, and having to hold space for people's transformations is just 
a talent and a gift in itself. So Gunnar, I'd love to start with you. You know, what inspired you to start this work and what has kept you motivated and committed to it throughout? I don't know that I was inspired to start it. I was working out. I was a fat kid and, and fitness was a way that gave me control. It literally came down to control. Somebody once called me a control freak and another guy corrected me. He goes, you're not a control freak. You're a comfort freak. You know what makes you comfortable and you do whatever it takes. So I'm not trying to control anybody else. I just have to control myself. And if I can keep on top of my fitness, I feel like anything else falls into place and, and I don't sweat it and, and stress over it as much. And it allows me to at least feel like I'm in control. And the fitness part came up. Someone asked me if I could, if they could work out with me. And I said, sure. And the next question, the guy goes, how much do you charge? And I went, a million? I'm going to get back to you on that. <laughs> like a million dollars, I, I think. <laughs> seriously. And, and it became, it was, it was a side gig at first. And then it became the full-time job. I, I realized I was working at a talent agency at the time. And I, and I realized that training two people before work and one person after work three days a week was paying me more than the full 40-hour week. And I quit. What do you think about your personality was the differentiator in that? Because there are a lot of people that are training, you know, in their spare time as a side hustle. So what do you think made you different and able to go off on your own and make more than your job? Uh, uh, tough to speak about what other people do. I do know just from um, watching a lot of stuff on television for, the, for, for years, a lot of what you see on TV is not real training. It's TV training and it's great for television and uh, you know, God bless those people for doing what they do, but that would not fly in the real world. You could not yell at people, degrade people, put them down, especially not at 6 a.m. That just not, and they're not, and they're not going to pay you to do that. So uh, I'm a big believer that levity, uh, infusing levity. I, like, I don't yell at anybody, but if they're doing poor reps, I go, "Is it? Are we doing half reps today? If that's the case, then it's a 20 rep set, and I'll I'll play with them that way, but I never put anybody down." And I think that's also why I get along with Luke. It's, it's about lifting people up, right? Nobody came there. If they want to have somebody beat the shit out of them, they'll do it at home. I think people beat themselves up enough. So, and I mean. that is what's beautiful about your work too, Luke, is watching on Revenge Body, and I've taken Training Mate before with you, is it is intimidating a little bit to come into a fitness class like that where there already is an established community of people. But seeing you know how welcoming everyone is there and everyone, especially you, making it accessible... Can you tell me about that process for you? Was that something that came naturally? Is your personality or is that something you work on? Uh, it's definitely something I work on, mate. It's, um, I think exactly what Gunnar said. It, it's not supposed to be intimidating and, and, and fitness is. It's kind of like, even as professional trainers now, I'll walk into a group fitness room. I'm like, whoa, what's going on in here? Like it's people are trained to intimidate you and to make you feel like not a part of it. Training may evolve through, no secret, I, I suffered from bad anxiety and I was a professional athlete and I retired at 26 and everyone was like, oh, you fell in love. That's such a cute story. The real story is I just couldn't deal with the anxiety of having to perform every single day out there anymore and, and it was only a word then. So training, mate, was just an extension of what I needed in my life and that was a support system and to me, that was what training, mate, is. Training, mate, is just that safe place where you can come and for 45 minutes, we're going to be the best part of your day and that's our internal monologue and there's going to be no intimidation. You're going to feel a part of the team because that was just an extension of what I needed in my life and it's evolved into a successful company now and it shows that more people 
probably need that support than uh, is publicly known. Luke, I'll start with you. What has been your experience with treating the emotional body, both yourself and your clients, during the transformation process? I believe in a a big thing. I I believe in a healthy lifestyle. And, you know, I disagree with other people like that and not saying I'm right or wrong, but my healthy lifestyle philosophy is physical health, absolutely, social health and mental health. We're professional trainers and there is a remuneration associated with professional training. So you should get physical results. You don't get bonus points in my books for getting people physical results because that's our job. Just like a filmmaker makes films, congratulations, champ, you're doing your job. Social health and mental health are really big things that I think we need to accomplish to be able to live a healthy lifestyle. And this guy's going to kill me for saying it, but he's the best in the business at it. There is a he is, there is a, a, a likability to Gunner that people you know, may or may not see all the time, but he's so successful for so long and at the head of the industry for so long because people like hanging around him. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of great trainers out there that technically know the leverage points and planes and the rest of it. But to be able to deliver that in a human being way and to be likable in the process is a skill that not many people get to achieve. And I think that if you can be successful at that, then you can be a successful trainer and you can tick that box. I completely agree. No more events without I was going to say your turn. Now you can compliment him. <laughs> okay. What are some wellness trends or fitness trends you guys are seeing right now that you just kind of roll your eyes at? I, I mean, it's it's too easy to bash. I look at it and I go, what can I... Po-? Look, it's a, fitness is truly a business of poaching. And nobody invented anything, you know, nothing. It, there's it's It's evolving. So I look at it and I, I still go... To a fair amount of seminars every year. I'm, I'm going to a tactical training thing next week in North Carolina. It's what can I take from this? If I can take one or two things from six different seminars in a year, I come back with 12 new things over the course of a year. If I do that every year, I'm better and better. It's easy to bash. It's easy to say that's hokey, that's corny, that's not going to work. Uh, I, I would uh, draw the line at anything dangerous. But other than that, you just look at it and go, what good can I get out of it? No reason to not look. It's like the stock market, right? There's flight to quality in hard times. When stuff gets tough, the stuff that's terrible is going to fall by the wayside and what works and what's tried and true is going to remain. And for everyone, it's different. What do you think, Luke? Um, I agree with Gunnar. I'll jump on the bandwagon a little bit. But don't do the celery drift diet. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> the second, the second time today. Oh, I didn't know we were getting nutrition. That's easy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, just, I mean, just use common sense, right? Like, Everyone wants to throw these big terms around and I, because it's our job, we can just simplify it for you. The next person that tries to charge us $3 million for saying the words macronutrients, forget about it, right? You've got proteins, fats, carbohydrates, done. You've got micronutrients, simple as that. It's really a very short book. It's literally three lines long. Don't get confused by all this jargon or scientific terminology. Move your body, eat well, make it a lifestyle. You're good as gold. Uh, Social media plays such a big part in how people take in information these days and find inspiration, but it can also really like fuck you up, you know? So I'm curious. F bomb. Yeah, is that okay, Mike? Is that okay? I feel like right. so much better now. <laughs> oh. uh, we'll see. Finally We're on relaxing. There, Mike's cut off. We're like, <laughs> um, no, but it really can, and it's 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 detrimental at times for people's um, progress. So I'm curious as to uh, how you, both of your relationships with social media and your responsibility on social media. So. I- I think it goes back to what's trendy and what's good and what do you roll your eyes at. Social media is the same. Take the good from it. If you're the person who is slowing down long enough to write something hateful or critical, you have way too much time on your hands. I, I can't, I've never written a nasty comment. I like literally 
99% of the things I see, just like, 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 or leave a comment, but it's always positive or fun or uplifting. There's no, I don't have time for all that negative shit. I just, I just don't. And in terms of my responsibility to it, you can talk to Kaylee who works with me or my wife who works with me. I don't know that I honor my responsibility. I try to put only genuine, real things down. And sometimes I go two, three, four days without posting anything because I just don't have anything. And I don't think you see, you need to see another bicep curl. Yeah, man, I, I agree. I, I'm definitely not a social media expert. I said I was speedo pick up every now and then if you want a couple more spots. Hey, he is wearing, he, he's wearing a speedo under yep. this. And I guarantee one. you it has the name of his company on it because everything he owns does. Stick around for the last three minutes of this interview. Yeah, You're take uh, yeah, it off. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, it's not the pink one today. It's the blue one. Boring. You can't unsee it. <laughs> but no, you, use it for yourself. Like, don't, don't get depressed because of social media. We addressed this before about, like, releasing dopamine, which is that really quick, 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 like, like, like that we get from that social media. Find something that gives you that serotonin release. So it's exercise or it's being with good friends and genuine people. Social media, is, it's here, it's staying. Use it for what you want to use it for and, you know, do it. And if it's a way to, to brand yourself out there or to find good fitness technique or, you know, follow someone about fashion or whatever else, just use it for a positive. And I think that if you are grateful for the positives in life, then... Yeah, you're going to live that healthy lifestyle, but don't get too caught up on it because I think it's really important to remember that it is always, it's a highlight reel. It's not a 24-7 camera. It's not something that you have to see it and go, oh, I can't do that. I suck. It should be, oh, cool. I feel like working out now. I send I send things from Instagram to Brad, who trains with us, who just did the class with us every day. I send them late at night and I go, we should try this tomorrow. We should try this tomorrow. It's not like I'm expecting to do it at the level of the person in there, but it looks interesting. It looks cool. Could I try that? Could I modify it? Could I regress it? Could I turn it into something that my clients can benefit from? Then I'm going to use it. Yeah, so much of it, it's not about it doesn't it's not about that situation in relation to you. You know, someone else doing something really has nothing to do with you. So when you take it personally, it's really unhealthy. I would love to know about your morning routines. Like what are some you guys are so excellent at what you do and you're such professionals? Are you guys doing anything special in the morning? Are you guys working waking up at a certain time or eating something? What is it like? Kind of wins this one. I'm, I'd be the I'd be the easiest guy in the world to kill. I get up same time of day. I get up between what time? Three forty-five and four a.m. every not, day. That's not a, that's not normal. Yeah, that's that's, I, I that's drink, nighttime. I drink twenty ounces of water straight away. I shower. I go to the gym. I do cardio, stretch, weights, and then I have a protein shake. And then I shower, clean up, train my clients, go to work, come home, my wife and kids. Same time every day. I drive the same route every day. That's it. Sorry. Comfort. He loves his comfort. Cardio, cardio, stretch, weights. Is it in that order? Is there a specific order to your workout and why? I've done it every different way. And I actually, when people are starting out, I say, switch it. Do it a week that way or two weeks that way, then switch it. See what works for you. That works for me. I can build it in and, and I time myself and it's all mapped out how much I do. It's all, it's pretty OCD. And then cardio versus weights. Do you think you should do uh, both? It's, it's not if a versus. They're, they're, they're intertwined. I mean, find a way to do it. When I say cardio, it could be it could be walking lunges. It could be a minute on a jump rope. It could be a minute on a skier or a minute on a rower and then switch it in with something, either body weight or, or a big multi-joint movement back to back to back. It's all about sequencing and the pace for me because we're on a limited time frame and, and I got to get it done. How about you, Luke? Well, I sleep in. I get up at five every day. Oh my God. Slacker. <laughs> yeah, I, I really work How'd on that. How do you get up here? <laughs> <laughs> um, but same thing, actually. Like, 
Well, what a great place to be at. Hydration is the key to life, right? I start every day uh, with lemon water and I squeeze lemon. I've got this little saying to myself that if it's had a life, it's good for you. So I try and liven up my water, uh, just squeeze a lemon in it. And that's it. I get along with my day. I usually open up training, mate. One of the studios there, first class is usually 6am. Get into it. I get so much energy out of that. And then, you know, I find that once I get to about 9 or 10 o'clock, I become pretty reactive with you know, emailing or messaging back people or whatever it may be. But that early morning part for me is just religious. I love it. Yeah, I love it's a, it. That's a numbers game, the morning thing. Should I train in the morning? Should I train at night? You should train when it works for you. But uh, side note to that is less people awake, less people to interrupt you. It's just simple math. Love that. And then for you, do you work out fasted? Is it, do you... Oh. Fast before you work out? I, I, I don't have that philosophy. I just do whatever suits me in the morning. Some mornings I feel like eating before working out. Some mornings I don't. I'm very OCD, as Gunnar said. I think we all are that way of my water and lemon. Sometimes I'll have a couple of eggs. Um, um, yeah, or just, I just maybe something. And some mornings I just don't feel like eating, so I don't eat. But I'm not technically fasting or technically intermittent fasting or any of that sort of stuff. I just sort of listen to my body a little bit these days. But the key is always being hydrated no matter what. Being intuitive about that. And it is so beautiful that you said that about, um, you know, when you get up early, you're able to kind of focus on you before everyone wakes up, the emails come in, the calls come in. That's such an important boundary that we have control of, you know, and being thoughtful about when you are going to let others in your space and when you are going to let people email or call you and kind of disturb the rhythm that you currently have within your day. So I'm glad that you said that. The other part of that is, as a, you know, you're a fat kid to me in my brain, I'm still, I still think from the position of a fat kid. If I train in the morning, it sets the table, all puns intended, for making better food choices during the day. And it works it, it works both ways, and it doesn't cut both ways. It works both ways, meaning I'm probably going to eat better and make better choices because I've already worked out. I don't want to mess up what I've done. I want to only service it. Or if I do something bad, I've already trained, so it's not that bad. Feel that. I'd love to pull back the curtain on the work that you have done with uh, celebrities. Because I feel like sometimes we see these crazy transformations and they're so inspiring, but we're not quite sure what goes into it. And then we have unrealistic expectations for ourselves. So I'd love to kind of know maybe a process, you know, getting someone ready for a movie and what can people take away to add to their own transformation that would help them feel confident and strong in their process? It, I mean, that's case by case, right? Some people come totally deconditioned. Uh, they've never worked out. They don't know what they're doing. They have very limited time. And, and you, it's all really what it comes down to is expectation management. I have to get them to know that this plus this over this amount of time will equal that. And that you didn't arrive in this condition because you took a week off, right? This has been a long time coming. But some of them, they double down. They go very serious with nutrition. They watch their sleep. They give up any of their vices and their training very seriously for whatever it is. And others, it's more like they they wade into it. So it's case by case. I mean, I had years ago a client, I can't tell you her name, it would be indiscreet, Deborah Messing. And she came to me and she was doing a movie and she had to be in a bikini. Uh, and I had been training Hank Azari. It was a, a long con, long con poly, something. And she had seen Hank who had been training with me for years and he was dialed and jacked. And she came in, literally sat like this. And I said, when do you film? And she goes, two weeks. And I go, why don't you go home for a week and come back and then make this a real challenge? And she just goes, seriously? I go, no, not seriously. You should have been here months ago. What are you talking about? And, you know, the body language, you can read it all. I don't want to be here, the whole thing. But 
she eventually trained. She ended up training with me for three years. So something worked. It kicked in, but it was a slow, slow process. Depends on how resistant they are to it, right? Like you said, you walk into a workout environment, whether it's one-on-one or a group, there's a certain amount of intimidation that, that either the space gives off or that they feel innately when they're walking in. And for, for you, Luke, how do you, you know, in group, in group environments, how do you coach people to move through that resistance? Because it can be so strong, and I know it's mainly a mental game, but how do you do that? Yeah, look... I think you can create, Gunnar and I were talking about this, you can create an environment that's conducive to working out. You go to Gunnar's gym and it's all positive, right? And it's the same as training, mate. It's always positive. We don't have many rules other than this is your safe place. There's so much going on outside in that world, as we were talking about, that in here you're safe and you can work out. And it's just a matter of creating that environment that people do feel safe. And I think that so many people go against that grain and so many people are trying to be the loudest voice in the room or trying to be the most confusing voice in the room and that somehow stimulates this mystical uh, industry of fitness. Whereas we both hold the same philosophy that if you can create a really safe place, know your stuff, do your stuff consistently day in, day out. And, you know, we make it about our clients, not necessarily about ourselves. And then I think you've got a pretty successful system there. The same thing where you say we're... It's the environment. I tell, I can't tell you how many times a week I say to somebody, when they when they balk at something or they're not sure, I go, I'm on your team. This is for you. I'm on. This is me and you. I'm not the other side of it coming at you. I'm with you. We're doing this together. Whether they're doing the work doesn't matter. It's that it's mapped out for them to succeed. I have their success. I'm invested in their success. I think one of the best things I've ever heard early on in LA. Obviously, I'm not from here, hence the accent, but. When I came over, this whole terminology, celebrity training he's, terminology. He's a New Yorker. <laughs> oh, the local jokes. But um, yeah, but it was basically one of my clients said to me, he goes, listen, the biggest mistake I've seen in LA is when a celebrity trainer thinks they're the celebrity and it's never, ever gotten away from me. And I'm like, this process is about you guys. You go nuts. If you need to be, you know, a Marvel character, then we can do it. And if you need to be a whatever, we can do it. But that's your job and you're the red carpet guy or girl and whatever else and go and do that. I think that the minute you take your own ego out of it, I think you can be a good trainer. That's beautiful. And I love how you so vulnerably share about being the fat kid. I was former former fat kid too, so I feel you. It's a mentality that's It's not really, a bad thing. It's not a bad it's thing. It's just a part of, it's, it's just one of the chapters in your life, right? And it really makes you down to earth, I'd say, but- um, that's a story too that we have, you know, and that we kind of work with within our life and has helped you be I'll tell you someone else, shock, shock, this will blow you away. I used to train Ryan Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest was a fat kid, still sees everything through a fat kid's eyes. Trains like he was a fat kid, eats like he was a fat kid, works diligently because he doesn't want to go back to that. One of the guys on the Lakers, he's a seven footer. The guy has a ton of obesity in his family. Gwen Stefani used to train with me. Everyone in her family, obese. They are motivated, and it's very healthy motivation. It's not unhealthy motivation. They are motivated to stay healthy and to not fall into that pattern that whether it's predisposed genetically or it's environmental, they will not get that way. I will not. I told my wife, I'll never, trust me, we will always have a house. And I will never be out of shape. That's the pro- That's all I got for you. That's true. I had to stick my hand can, in an ice bucket before because I grabbed him like that and almost broke my hand. <laughs> I can control this. And then you mentioned having anxiety, you know, when you were an athlete. Can you talk about how your anxiety story, like how that played out in your life and how you've managed it? So I didn't even know the terminology when I was suffering with it. It actually took me coming to America 
that's a funny story to uh, to deal with it. And, you know, just the nerves about not being good enough. And you're talking about, like, when I look back on it, you've been the top 1% of athletes, you know what I mean, of, of, to be a professional athlete in whatever you do. And But I always had that self-doubt. What if I drop that ball? What if I miss that tackle? What if I don't? It's like, are you kidding me? You've done this thousands and thousands and thousands of times. I, I just had this whirlwind of like a tornado in my mind and I went and saw a guy, which is very un-Australian, but I thought, saw someone here and he said to me, listen, what's what's 37 times 2 divided by 1? Uh, again, times that by 644, add 2.2 to that and then divide it by such and such. I'm like, I have no idea. He goes, well, write it down and use a calculator and you'll be able to work it out. We have tools to be able to settle down that craziness in our mind. So he said, anytime you get a bad thought, what if this happens? What if that happens? Write it down. And I started doing it. It was a really simple play. And then from there, I went, oh, yeah, it's not that bad if I don't succeed in business or if no one shows up to training, mate, or if I don't, you know, measure up to whatever, you know, society sort of put on the pressure of that. Um, And then I just started working out there were more tools. Like I started meditating, literally using a little app that anyone's got access to on their phone. I started breathing deeper. I started appreciating and being grateful for my wife and and now I've got a little daughter and just life just changed and now it's kind of just second nature. So uh, I feel like I'm really, really grateful for life and don't really doubt anything and have fun and it's going to be fine. Yeah. Beautiful. Can you guys speak to... um the importance of recovery. I know it's important. We've been talking about it a lot the last two days, but I'd love to hear your perspective on how much we really need and what does that look like? I'll jump on that. Uh, sleep is huge. I'm first one to admit I don't get enough of it, but I, I'm conscious about trying to. A couple of great guys who speak to sleep, Dr. James Moss and another guy named Nick Littlehales, and they come at it from very different places. Uh, Dr. Moss is all about eight hours a night. He talks about Every hour you miss is like having a brick in your backpack. And by the end of the week, if you've missed an hour every night, you have a full backpack when you wake up. So you're a walking zombie. Nick Littlehales is all about micro sleep, little tiny minutes, take two minutes here, five minutes here, 10 minutes here. And he believes you can get through like that. So it's worth looking into and seeing what applies to you. That recovery is huge. The other recovery is listening to your body, taking a day off, making sure you're getting the proper nutrients in adequate quantity so your body can rebuild. Working out is not building your body. It's breaking your body down. The rest is built afterwards, whether it's food, uh, recovery, and stress management. Stress management is huge. Stress management raises cortisol levels. Cortisol levels break you down. It gets into this very vicious cycle. So the the meditation you talk about, there's an app called Headspace, uh, right? Andy yeah. Puttacombe. That's the one you use? That's the one I use, yeah. There you go. See? But that little ways to center yourself, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Um, I know a ton of pro athletes use it in individual sports as well as team sports. It's part of their pregame ritual. And it's just a way to center yourself and make sure you're taking care of you so that you can take care of all the things and all the people you need to in your life. And hydrate too. We're at the, at, like propels, obviously, that's their job, you know? Like it's um, just a matter of, yeah, exactly what Gunnar said and keep hydrating. So for someone, last question for me, for someone who's just hasn't worked out in a while, wants to move their body, feel better, but tends to just not be motivated, how how do you recommend people just get motivated and start? I think the motivation comes from inside. Trainers say, I'm a great motivator. Maybe the people I work with, if they're not working out, there's very little I can say to move that needle, right? If If you're contract as a pro athlete or your movie deal or 
your TV deal or your family is not enough to get you to want to make that choice for yourself. I don't know what you expect me to tell you to get you off the couch. If you're ready to do it and you make that movement, then I would say find something you like. Don't swim upstream because you've heard it was the best, right? If you if you hate running and you know you hate running, I would not suggest buying a treadmill just because you read that running was the most efficient calorie-burning exercise per minute invested. I would say find if you like biking, get the bike. Do what you like because you'll do it more often. If you do it more often, the results will come. Can't improve on perfection. That's perfect. That's exactly exactly it. Find something you like doing. Find someone you like doing it with. Easy. Last question for me. Um, you guys are both parents. What has being a father taught you? That's the motivation. For me, that's the motivation. I, I want to be... I want to do stuff with my kids or be able to do stuff with my kids. I don't want to be the parent on the sideline. Nothing against those people. That's just not the role I want to play. If my if my daughter says, I want to go skiing, I want to do that. If my son says, Dad, I want to shoot baskets, I want to do that. I don't want to have to sit on the side. You literally want to be a better person. I mean, it's it's every day you make a decision based on, would Riley, my daughter's name's Riley. Would Riley be proud of me for doing this? You know, and like, it, it, it just, it, I don't know, it's this internal motivation. That How old is she? She's going four. It'll change. Yeah, my daughter's, <laughs> my daughter's name is Sloan and she's back there and oh, we're so Sloan. long past, we're so long past the part where she's proud of me. It's like, oh God, he's talking. <laughs> how, how old are you, Sloan? Riley will get there. Um, I'll, I'll, oh, it'll I'll, pass. I'm moving it'll to Guam pass. once Riley's 15. <laughs> once the dating starts, I'm out. Well, thank you guys so much. How can people connect, connect with you on a regular basis through social media? What are your handles per se? Uh, mine's at Gunner Fitness on Instagram. When I look at it, and honestly, people have told me it's the worst use of your time, Gunner. I try to answer everything that comes in. I just think, <laughs> I just think that's what so I'm supposed that's to good do. Karma. Someone writes you, you just can't message just message him at 345, them. see if he's up. Be like, you up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that just means you got to get up, up at 345. Right stay back. up. And mine's Milt, M I L T S 1. Uh, or at Training Mate. That's right. Thank you guys so much. Let's give them a hand. Thank you guys Thanks, very guys. much. And, and thank you, Propel, for putting this whole thing together. Yes. Really. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Almost 30 Podcast live at Propel Collabs this summer in LA. We will see you on the next one. You can connect with us at almost30podcast.com and almost30podcast on Instagram.